Okay, so hello, ma'am. How are you? Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Wonderful. I'm just so, so grateful to be here. Yes, tell us your name, please. I am Tanita Fagiola Harris Lagans Mayanta. Hey, now. Yes, I like to use most of my names. That's not all of them, but most of them. <laughs> okay, I am interested in knowing. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, I told you about having um, a blog that's birthed her story. And then you told me that you had birthed two of your babies with Jenny Joseph and even in some ways assisted in some births with her. And that just mesmerized me. I said, oh, no, um, no, I must hear from you because I heard you talking about some of your birth experiences. And I just really want you to share a little bit. Well, yes, yes, yes. Um well, I can, let me start with my first son. Okay. My first son, I, I thought about what it would be like to have a baby at home. And then I was thinking, I thought all these crazy thoughts, like having a baby at home is crazy. Like, what do they do? Touches the baby first. Don't you have to sterilize everything? <laughs> this whole voodoo, <laughs> spooky thing happening. Right. But I heard people doing it. And, you know, at the time, I'm still just exposing myself to different things. And I was like, oh, no, I'm about to have this baby. I'm in Orlando. My family's in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Forget it. I don't have a support system. Yeah. So I went to the hospital. It was a nice little plush hospital, Celebration Hospital down there by Disney um, in Orlando, Florida. And um, actually, Kissimmee. And um, it was a decent experience as far as, like, hospitals go. You know, <laughs> as great as you can get at a hospital. Um, with all of your conditioning and misconceptions about childbirth. Yeah. You know, you're thinking, I need a clean, comfortable place that's going to have all these amenities for me. Yeah. And that's what Celebration had. It had all these amenities. And I didn't really know much about having a birth plan. I am one of those Shira type women. So I was like, I'm going to have this baby. I'm down here on my own. So what? I can do it. And two weeks before I was supposed to have a baby, I went to the doctor and he said, okay, you're two centimeters dilated, but you're only like 35% of face, but you'll probably be having a baby in two weeks. I got in the car and I started to cry. I was like, oh my God, I'm about to have this baby and nobody's here. Wow. So I did what most people do. I cried and I had a fit and was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I called my sister and was like... <laughs> I need you to come down. Oh, my goodness. So she made arrangements to be here as soon as she could, which was typically two weeks. It turned out to be two weeks after the baby was born. But here I am now in labor, not knowing I was in labor. Long story short, it was an interesting process. I hadn't, hadn't realized that I had never asked any of my sisters who all had children before, except for my youngest one before me. I never asked my aunts. I never asked what it felt like. So I had no idea. Yes. I thought I was having Braxton Hicks. Come on. Wow. I was in labor. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just swelling up. And, and it was the Southern, you know, <laughs> at work who was like, swelling up and what is happening? I was like, and then it's like moving and it, a little backache, like, you know, cramps. Like yes, yes. Cycle. And she was like, okay, tell me when it happens again. And it happens again about 10 minutes later. And she said, child, you in labor. <laughs> and I was like, what? But this just feels like back cramps. I found out later I was having back labor because the baby was mm -hmm. um, his back, that baby's back was to my back. What is it called? Posterior. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, it was 
I was in labor for two days. Wow. I went to a Lamaze class. We did like one hour or two hours or something. That was bananas. Because <laughs> they, I don't, they taught you that breathing thing. Yes. Like, all of that. So I was doing all of that. When I got to the hospital, the lady was like, what are you doing? Oh, I was goodness. like, I'm breathing. She was like, no, you don't. Stop that. Stop. That's what they told me in the Lamaze class. I had my little posh bell music. I thought I was going to be playing. Listen, none of that went to plan. I was in pain already for two days. I had walked. I had did all kinds of things. My back was killing me. We were moving out of an apartment. It was just bananas. Wow. It was a lot going on, and I didn't have the support, especially birthing support. I didn't know how to breathe. I didn't know anything about vibration, music, anything. Like, I... It was, and I was a dancer, so I thought I was. Yes. It was just going to happen. It was just going to flow out. And you're athletic. You're this. Mm. <laughs> so got to the hospital, and I was going to have this baby natural initially. And the, uh, what is that, esthetician, esthetic, mm-hmm. whatever, thing that gives you the mm-hmm. shot, came over and said, Epidural today. So you went to Epidural, and I was like, no, at least not now. And then I thought about that thing, and I was like, I've been in pain for two days. So I'm going to get this thing. I might as well get this thing now. I called the man back mm-hmm. and said, come on, let's go. And he put me on that table, put me, folded me up. My husband was holding me, and then he went to go faint. Oh my. He took ah. that big needle. They pulled that big needle out that was like this big and put that thing in my bag. Now. I just want you to know, I got relief right away. I was feeling good. In fact, I asked the doctor, do you want me to endorse this for you? Because this is wonderful. Oh, my goodness. I was so happy that I was out of pain that I didn't realize what was happening to my body. Hmm. So, out of pain, and then the baby's moving down. I have no idea because I'm just floating around. Now you can't walk. So, my little time, I'm already in the labor for two days, for a day and a half now. It's just going by. I'm not really moving anywhere. So then they like, we got to give you some Pitocin because your baby's not moving. Well, no, crap. The baby's not moving because I'm not standing up. There's no gravity happening. Anyway, long story short, I end up getting Pitocin and then another shot at the door right before the baby comes. When I was pushing, couldn't push the baby off the cord, was wrapped around the baby's neck. I'm pushing out. They couldn't unravel it. It was just chaos. This thing is on my stomach making all this noise. There's fluorescent lights. Even with the candles, I, it was just a lot going on. Then my nurse left me. The one I had fallen in love with, had been with all that time, was like, I gotta go off duty. What? I grabbed my hand, was like, what do you mean? Where are you going? I have to go, but this one's gonna be here. And she was not the one. <laughs> it was just a mess. They, them, they, I can hear them saying that the baby's not breathing because now they trying to. I'm trying to push the baby down. The cord is stuck around the baby's neck. The baby can't push down without the cords being in the neck. They're like, we need to get a pulse. We can't get a pulse on the baby. I'm looking at my husband like, I don't want through all of this and now I ain't going to know a lot of babies not going to be living. What is going on? They cut the cord, didn't even ask my husband. Pulled the baby out. I ain't going to touch my baby. The baby is crossing from I'm reaching like this. <laughs> looking at my husband like, I hope the baby is alive. Trying to figure out what's going on. It was just something else. It was a lot going on. Yeah. The best part about it was afterwards they let me stay two days because this was the Fufu Hospital and I was like not ready to go home because now my stomach uterus is moving around all kinds of places that I didn't know what to do. And it was just something else. It really was. It was yeah. hard. And I got home and I was like, I never want to have to do that again. 
So when I got pregnant again, I had already found out about Jenny Joseph. Now I had been exposed to some other women, and I was like, well, you have to be home, but what you do? I got to ask all my questions. And I went to Jenny Joseph. My husband was totally against me. He was like, this is insane. My wife has lost her mind. Why are we not going to the hospital? But when I really started to think about it, really think about it, I was thinking, having a baby is the only well thing that happens at the hospital. Yeah. So why should I have my baby at this place where it thinks sick, sickness is going on? Like I said, my husband was just, no. And I had did my homework. I read up on Jenny Joseph, and I was like, wow, she's awesome. She's going to deliver my baby. And she delivered the babies of the other mothers, you know, African mothers that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, loved her. They were. They just couldn't stop singing her praises. Wow. Um, I still had not really known the powerhouse that I was going to be dealing with. But I went to, she always has a, you know, like a, a meetup where she meets with the husband and the wife and partners or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and we talked and my husband went on and on about all his reservations and I just was looking at him and <laughs> she was just, he, she listened and she said, okay, okay. And I was like, I don't really have any reservations like that. <clears throat> I'm just, you know, need to know what needs to happen. She gave me a list in a little packet and basically I think from what my husband was going off of, she was like, this couple isn't ready because he's not ready. So he's not, she's not going to have the support. So we're not doing this. We're not doing this one day. But like a month later, I called Jenny Joseph and I was like, so what else do we need to do moving forward? Like, what do I need to do as far as payments? And she was like, oh, I didn't think we were going to go with this. I said, <laughs> I'm going with you. I am having this baby with you. And she said, oh, okay. I said, my husband will get on board. If he doesn't, it's okay. I was determined. I had not even gone to see. I went to the doctor one time just for them to, you know, do their little, I already knew I was pregnant. I think I was like six months. And they were like, why haven't you been in yet? So that really sealed the deal for me. Why haven't you been in yet? And listen, you don't talk to me like that now. (laughs) So I had already decided what I was going to do. I started preparing. I started getting all the things on my list, getting my house together, getting ready for my birth at my home birth. My husband, mm-hmm, I saw a part of him. <laughs> he was willing to bribe me. He was trying to resort to bribery because he knew I liked all kinds of nice African things. I had been to Africa and he, we had gone to the store. He was like, I will buy everything in the store that you want. If you just had this baby in the hospital, why are you doing this? Just had it. <laughs> I mean, he just had to do So I looked at him. I couldn't believe it. I said, are you bribing me? I couldn't believe it. And I said, you need to calm down. I had already made up my mind. There was no compromising here. And I wasn't at that, you know. You know, points in your relationship, you learn to move and shake, and I wasn't there yet. <laughs> I was having this baby with Jenny And um, got everything ready, prepared, and I knew the night before. I said, oh, I'm going to have the baby tomorrow. Because you know that second one. Yeah. You feel it. And I was like, okay. Got up in the morning, had already had a few contractions at about 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. Called Jenny in the morning. And, you know, she had to, I said, all right, love. I said, I think we're going to have a baby today. She said, okay. She came over, checked me. She said, we're going to have a baby today. I said, I knew it. Got ready. It was amazing.
So it was just, it was just the experience that I wanted, plus some, plus, man, so much more. Um, I mean, number one, so many things that you learn that the hospital does that you're like, what? You don't know why you're just doing it, like ice chips, not eating. When Jenny first said, we need to get something to anybody, we need to get something to eat, I said, I can eat. Yes. <laughs> and we started talking about reasons why the hospital don't allow women to eat, some really silly reasons, you know, they're getting ready to have, a, they're preparing for you to have a C-section, they don't want you pooping, all kinds of madness. And um, it was just, I mean, extreme. I, I was introduced to aromatherapy, so I learned what real lavender actually smelled like jasmine, and that was the first time that I experienced that. Um, I did call on one of my sisters who came over and did some work with Jenny Joseph, and she was assisting her. And uh, another friend of mine who was an actual, you know, MD doctor and in the hospital had come by, come through towards the, the end. But Jenny was just amazing. I mean, um, she followed me a lot because she said, where are you going? I was doing a lot of nesting stuff. <laughs> I was cleaning and going to the laundry room. At one point, I was squatting in front of the laundry, you know, dry, getting clothes. I should be okay because, you know, y'all like to go away and you're down and have these babies. It was just lots of fun and comedy. <laughs> And I just couldn't believe I was in this situation. And then um, I just got into a point where I was just able to just breathe and relax and just really enjoy my labor. It wasn't even like that kind of labor. It was really good work, uh, working my baby down and just really feel what it felt like to really work, use that contraction to work the baby down. So much so that Jenny was like, hold on, we got to stir this back up. Mm. But instead of Pitocin, you know, we got some, we worked some sage, and I was back moving again. Wow. And, um, and then it was intense, because now again, I had back labor. Mm -hmm. But this time, instead of an epidural, instead of all of that, which, mind you, that epidural, I still felt that three years later. Um, this time, we got in a tub, and I got in a tub, and it just, at one point, I had this really hard um, contraction. It was like, and I looked at Jenny like, like, you gotta help me through this, you gotta, you know. And she said, do you wanna try turning the baby around? I said, you can do that. <laughs> and she said, you can try. Listen, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> she got in there and turned the baby around so it's back into my stomach. Ooh, <laughs> She turned the baby around. Was that painful for you? Wow. That wasn't painful. She did it with such care. I didn't tear. I didn't. She worked her magic. She used some olive oil and stuff. She did some straight black girl magic. I mean, <laughs> I that wasn't painful, but the best part was what I felt afterwards. I had a contraction afterwards. And when I felt that, I said to her, is this? What everybody else that doesn't have back labor yet, she said, yeah. Wow. I tripped. I was like, uh-uh, this is what? I was like, this is not fair. I was just, I was a mess for a minute. I was like, are you serious? But the fact that she could actually, that she actually tried, that she did something. Yeah. Just turned the baby around. And same thing when the cord was wrapped around a little bit as I was pushing out. She just unraveled the cord. Mm -hmm. It was just simple. Just unraveled the cord. And, um, you know, I got to that point where it was time to push. And, you know, I came down more off the bed into a stupa, came out of the water. And just, I mean, it was just such a delightful experience. And when she, I mean, she is just, I can't sing her praises enough. 
she doesn't even want to have first contact with the baby. She's like, I'm just here to guide this process. Dang that Jenny Joseph. She just, she, as soon as that baby comes out, it's like, right on you. <laughs> I'm like, I, now mind you, the other experience I had, they just took the baby away. Yeah. Here's, oh, I done pushed the baby out. I'm thinking she gonna do some vibe or something. She, it was like boom, boom. Cause she don't even want to have the, any kind of point of first contact. It was like, what is going on here? Why is this baby on my body? <laughs> you, my husband ain't know what to do. He was so proud. He just sitting there like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm like still like this. I have not grabbed the baby. Oh, okay. The baby squirming up like a little, you know, kangaroo baby coming up and came right on my breast. It was just something else, something else. Huh. I mean, I just sat there and just. To have that moment with your baby on you, feeling you, and then looking into his eyes and having that experience that first time. Oh, I mean, you feel indebted to someone who created an environment for you to have that experience. Yes. Oh, it was just so delightful. Just such a miracle, a true miracle. And you had opportunities to work with her a little bit in yes, helping the situation. Yes, I got to tell y'all about my husband, though. Please. Now, after all of that showing up. After all of that showing out, he was walking around here on his phone. Yeah, yeah, then we had the baby at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no,
and just seeing her work, being there in the presence, you know, working the babies down, and her appreciating your tools. She was, you know, you know, she was sometimes calling me if she had a birth, and she would say, "Oh, miss, I miss you singing the baby down." Tell me about singing the baby down. Those just those voices, using that voice, that mm, those old arms, that moaning, that that kind of mm, just allowing it, it's something about that voice, the music of the voice, the vibration of the voice that soothes the mom and also supports her in a way that nothing else can. Um, so hearing that, you know, a lot, you know, with the triple of the waters, and then. Getting to that space where also so we would have aromatherapy, but I Jenny liked the the way I brought music and vibration too. Because what I learned was that the low humming vibrations of bringing the yes. child down instead of that crazy Lamaze madness, <laughs> <laughs> all of that nonsense. Um, just really just using the vibration, your own low tone, mm-hmm. push the baby down. And we were saying, you know, at the while the mamas was pushing down, using our voices and the vibration of our voices to move. I also learned about, you know, just using the oils and sometimes the song, like, okay, we pass the song. Yes, you know that spot, yes. space where you pass the song, you pass the music. It's like I uh-uh, get that. I lavender. If we pass, we be on it. It's you know in those points when you put the lavender in front, they're like uh uh-uh. uh. You're like okay, we about to have a baby. Yes, like, you know it's that time. Really knowing what time it is. Yes, that was the best part about childbirth. But I've seen Jenny do some amazing. I'm talking about people pushing past the cervix. The cervix ain't opened up. Wow. And saying no, I'm gonna push. No, we're not ready yet. I'm pushing anyway. And her moving. They cervix out of the way hmm. and pushing the baby through. You know, stuff that you in, in the hospital, they all may be like, just put her in this bone and take it to you can, your baby. Reach, turn the baby around. Baby, turn that baby around. I've seen her, come on, put your leg up here. You know, <laughs> put your leg up. Put, you know, she don't say it like that. She don't have a son. You know, she put your leg up here. You know, she's angry that she does that. You know, she put your leg up. Put your leg up here. Put your leg up here and push that baby out. Whatever way it's going to work for that mama, she finds that way. And that was empowering, just to see how strong that mama is and how strong, you know, together we do together when, when women gather. What happens when women gather? Um, and Tell me about when women gather. The, the gathering part is important. Yeah. You know, us coming together for anything. For healing, for alignment, for balance. When the women gather, it is automatic magic. Yes. It's automatic magic. It's just a soul stirring. You have all these wounds in one space, all these experiences, all these sounds, all these vibrations coming together. And, you know, even we just talk, just chatting up there, our bodies are dancing and moving and making music together. And we are literally. Healing each other with our laughter, yes. with our voices, with our song, with our hugs, with our girl. That is important stuff. And somehow, somebody said women shouldn't do this, women shouldn't do that. Women, 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 women get together, it's a bad thing. It ain't so. It just ain't Beautiful. so. It ain't got to be so. So um, I think the gathering of women is really important, more and more important. And even our young ones are getting it. 
Yeah. Even our sexy young ones, our Beyonce's and Rihanna's are getting that when the women gather, there is strength in the women gathering, especially women of color. When we get together, baby, it's something magical. Yes. Yeah. And so I am a proponent of the women gathering, whatever it is, childbirth, moving, singing, dancing, talking, shopping. From the church to the mosque to the Benbe to the yes, Ajase to the yes, all of that the celebration, whatever it is, we should do it together. And if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling unempowered, just like those moms felt in birth, when you're feeling alone, when I felt alone, what did I do? I called my mom, I called my sister and my mom. And when they came, I felt supported. And that's what every We may not know we need it. We may not know we want it, but we do. And when we get it, it's it's powerful. It's important. It's healing. It's aligning. It's balancing. It's all of that. It's just magic. I appreciate you so much. I want everybody to know who you are. The first time I ever heard someone say that movement, dance is medicine was from you. And so... I'm excited to share who you are with everybody I know. Little old me. Yeah. Uh, well, I am a, I'm a, I call myself a self proclaimed movement meditation specialist. Come on now. I have add it all on, all those titles. Um, but really, how to heal yourself. I really help people, um, women in particular, figure out how to move to, to heal, align, and balance themselves how to get back in touch with movement, with dance, how movement can just, we move when we talk. We move our hands, we dance when we talk, we dance when we walk, and just really how that can help you open up your heart space, moving our bodies. When we see those, you know, root chakras moving, when folks are gyrating, we look at all of that nasty movement. That's good, good stuff. <laughs> it feels so good. It feels so good. That's when we look at it, we, you know, people are like, oh, look at that. But, you know, you're really envious because you know that it's got to feel so good. Yeah. And so really tapping into how can we get back all indigenous cultures, youth movement. Yes. Everybody dance from the littlest to the oldest. We had a dancing clan where, you know, you're the masters of it. But you got the cooking clan. You had the storyteller, the grill yes. clan. You had the drum clan. You had the, you know, the sewing clan. You know, we're back. that didn't mean everybody can sew. I just meant they were the ones. That's right. Because we just the dancing clan. People are the secrets. Yes. But everybody danced. And you know, we still do that. When the little baby dance was like, hey. When the old one danced, we were like, We get excited. We get excited. We celebrate. It's us celebrating ourselves. And so we need to get back to loving up on ourselves through movement and dance. Celebrating ourselves through movement and dance. And that's my job. That's what I came here to do. How can you connect with that? And then how can you find yourself again through that? How can you open yourself up, you know, really activating those chakras, those, that spirit? Because that's what those chakras are, really elements of your spirit, really awakening them, activating them so that you can be your best self. You can tap to your best self. When people leave my class, they feel they feel like they can really tackle some things. Yes. And that's, that's my job. And you are so good at it. 
I just want to say that you are divine. You are worthy. Yes. You are worthy. You are divine. You are supported. You are supported. There's many things out here that can support you. And tap into it. Own it. Honor it. Feel it. And embrace it. Embrace it. And embrace you. Self-love is the key. If we love ourselves first, we can love anybody, even our enemies. We ain't got to like them, but we should love them. And so if we can tap into that love, when we tap into that love, not if, when we tap into that love, mm, we expand ourselves. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. We expand ourselves and we can appreciate ourselves and others. There was never, ever anybody like you before you got here and there'll never ever be anybody like you when you leave. So you don't have to worry about anything. Just trust yourself. Yeah. 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 Yeah.